Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I hope uh, one day we can talk about why you're really here. Do you know why I'm here from Philly? Scrapping the bull court. Got nasty. Who threw that? Was it you? Now some bad man from Philly want to deal with you. So here's the story. Came to Bel Air for a better education. It's a new, darker take on the Fresh Prince of Bel Air story. That's what that was? Yeah. A darker take on the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, and Will Smith's involved. Yeah, he's the executive producer or something. It's it's honestly, and you know, I'm I'm kind of using my sarcastic voice, but... The premise of the original ridiculous sitcom was a street kid from Philly who happened to be about as street as your local appliance salesman. <laughs> Will Smith goes to Bel Air with his rich uncle and cousins and tries to relate to them and all. And it was jokey and silly and the rest of it. So this is the same premise, but done like realistically. All right. I don't really need much more entertainment. But I realize I'm in a minority, and I'm a weirdo, um, but uh, it sounds interesting. Okay, go ahead. And we have to and we have to remake everything. <laughs> right. Well, and you know, I get why you do that. There are only a, a limited number of stories under the sun mm-hmm. that you can tell. In fact, you know, there are very screenwriting books or, or whatever that will outline the 22 plots that exist. And if you have name recognition, well, you're a little bit ahead of the, the game. So I get it. There's a new mom TikTok uh, sparking a TikTok controversy with a vegan baby diet. We'll talk about vegan baby diets coming up. You're eating vegan babies? I'm against this. Oh, by the way, that reminds me. I almost went with this for our general manager today. We, we start the show by appointing an honorary general manager. In this case, it was your, uh, uh, your professional uh, football team, the Georgia Bulldogs. Um, it could have been the 60,000 Americans that will never exist. And it's not an abortion thing, but according to polling done by somebody or other, and I, I got it around here somewhere, but they they talked to people and they figured out there are 60,000 couples that were absolutely planning on having a child, but because of the COVID thing, decided not to, at least for a while. And there are 60,000 babies that will never exist. I have never bought into the whole... Now is not a good time to have a baby with the economy where it is or the war in Iraq or with Bush as president or what, with Trump as president, <laughs> with whatever your reason was for what now is not. A, I've never bought into it, except for this whole COVID thing. I got to admit, I could uh, I could uh, see my wife and I having had that conversation during COVID. Like, you want to wait till this is over, like write it out. I mean, the hospitals as crazy as they were and constantly trying to avoid the disease for your baby. Ah, that sounds like a mess. Especially at the beginning when you assumed it was going to be over in a couple of months. Yeah, I don't think that would be a crazy way to adjust your sales. Um, Oh, you know, all the doctor's visits you have to do when you got a new baby. Oh, I'm sorry, dad can't come. Wait a minute, he's the dad. He's an active participant. One of you can come in. Yeah, what? Oi. Anyway, so uh, China, perhaps you've heard of it. It's a giant country. It's uh, got about 1.4 billion people, and they're about to host the Olympics, which is a thumb in the eye of the conception of the concept of human rights, if you ask me. But uh, mentioned earlier, they're expanding a network of more than 95 port facilities around the world, including likely in Cuba. 
they announced the day before Christmas, when nobody was paying attention, China announced an agreement with Havana to cooperate on Cuban infrastructure development. And it's probably going to be a port. And according to the U.S. Naval War College, 95 overseas ports could ultimately serve as strategic access points for the uh, People's Liberation Army. Long story short, they're easily interchangeable from uh, civilian ports, uh, you know, shipping ports to to military ports. And the idea of having essentially a Chinese-owned port 90 miles off the American mainland, a would-be Chinese military base, keeping in mind China's history with these things, they would say, oh, no, 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 no. What are you kidding? No, this is just for shipping our fine, cheap, crappy goods. Uh, to uh, the United States in the Western Hemisphere, where you people gobble them up as fast as you can, uh, don't you? And we do. Yeah, I guess we do. I guess that's true. But then like those islands they're building in the South China Sea that were 100% not going to be militarized. Well, they'd build them up. They'd throw some buildings on there. Then they'd throw an airstrip on there. Then all of a sudden, they got a bunch of fighter jets on there. And they've got military uh, or naval uh, vessels uh, docking there. So that's their history. So there might be one of those in Cuba. Fantastic. Uh, It could turn out to be nothing. It could turn out to be the story of the century and make the Cuban Missile Crisis look like a bad day at work. Moving along. China is making a big show of opening up the Internet for the Olympics. Um, But, well, they've promised Olympic athletes free access to social media and other websites in the Olympic Village. But keep in mind... China's aim in temporarily opening its Great Firewall is simply to boost its global reputation ahead of the game, certainly not to open up the Internet. Expect heavy surveillance of all online activity, even for visitors. It's a way, says uh, Kenton Tebow, who's the China fellow at the Atlantic Council's uh, digital forensic people. It's a way for China to easily spread positive narratives about the Beijing Olympics in the midst of all their human rights criticisms. Uh, they're putting on airs as if they're allowing freedom of speech and movement. These things are synonymous, uh, blah, blah, blah. But, in care, but in reality, it'll all be carefully monitored. Um, and they are going to work with the IOC to clamp down on any athletes that do or say anything that looks bad for China. I'm sure. And the IOC, which is famously uh, corrupt, will be uh, going along with it, certainly. And finally, Jack referenced this, and I, I've just become aware of it. Intel Corp, the great American chip maker, who their CEO had been making positive noises lately, uh, Santa Clara-based company, about bringing uh, onshoring chip manufacturing, which I think is a fantastic idea. I mean, if, if, if the Netherlands is building our chips and our pharmaceuticals or whatever, I'm not entirely comfortable, but I'm okay with it. The fact that the evil, malign Chinese dictator is in charge of that stuff is practically suicidal. But Intel sent an open letter to suppliers last month referencing Xinjiang, China, the slavey, rapey, concentration campy region of China, but they removed references from that open letter uh, under pressure from the Chinese regime, apparently. They buckled. Uh, I just saw this tweet. Chipmaker apologized in its Chinese social media accounts, uh, adding that the letter was written to comply with U.S. law and did not represent its position on Xinjiang. Yeah, the Intel CEO, whose name is Pat Gelsinger, uh, doubled down on his company's Xinjiang reversal this morning. 
we found there was no reason for us to call out one region in particular. As Intel had recently apologized for asking its suppliers to avoid that region of the world where there are slaves. slaves slavery is a big topic in America right now, you know? The uh, the legacy of slavery and reparations and white privilege and all this. They got slavery in China right now, and many of our companies are going ahead and doing business with that part of the world because China says, shut your mouth. And we do because it's just so good for business, I guess. So cheap. Hashtag me too. They rape people systematically for being of the wrong ethnicity. He actually said out loud, there's no reason to call out one region in particular. You What's gotta lower your ideals of freedom if you want to suck on the warm teat of China. So it just shows you we're a ways away from the decoupling that I see coming on the horizon, but it might be further off on the horizon than I realize. It is not an excuse. It is just an explanation. Dude is in an impossible situation. True. As is Nike, as is Apple, as are hundreds of American corporations. And the unknotting of that is going to be slow and painful. Our yeah. original air names, by the way. Slow and painful. Yeah, our ratings, not good. So here's something funny. I didn't watch the ball game last night, but one an ESPN analyst is in trouble for something he said pregame. Oh, boy. Last night. Sure, this will be phony. He, well, it's, uh, it's, it's an interesting expression. Okay. <laughs> uh, so he's, I don't know who it was, but it was a guy who'd played in a national college championship game before, and they asked him, so what's it like for those players out there getting ready for the game to start? And he said, them booty holes are tight. <laughs> <laughs> and somebody's claiming to be uh, offended or hurt. Uh, or that's something. an interesting expression. Yeah. <laughs> oh, 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 boy. Couldn't have just said nervous. A lot of nerves. Booty holes are tight. Who's that country PGA Tour golfer? Number of years ago, he said, "Well, I'll tell you what, my butthole was sure clenched or something like what? that." What? Don't yeah, don't, we used to run that table. Don't, don't, don't you say oh, that? Listen to you. Now you got your pinky out. Don't you all say that? All of a sudden, that. Jack's using the fine Chinese, wearing an ascot. Oh yeah, please. Right. You have to have an ascot on and your pinky out to not drop a BH in mixed company. One of the hogs has climbed out of the pen <laughs> and is now wearing pants. Okay, great. <laughs> I can't remember who that. Since was, when is that matter. word okay on the show? I've seen the list of words that aren't okay, and it's on there. I'm quoting one of our eminent athletes, whose name I don't recall. So New York's going to let non-citizens vote. It's the okay. biggest city in America, or biggest, uh, most populous part of the country, to uh, announce, hey, you don't have to be a citizen to vote. And perhaps one of the best, broad- not perhaps, one of the best broadcast journalists in America, Brett Baer, sat down with Rochelle Walensky of the CDC. He asked her extremely fair, reasonable, even questions. And she more or less floundered. Okay. We'll play you some of that tape coming. Want to hear that? It's on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. That will be on their conscience. I I think there's some clear authority, legal authority, for us to move forward as we have proposed, both for the private sector workforce and for the healthcare workforce. And we understand that if we don't get people vaccinated and covered this way, people will die. And if you're a healthcare worker, for sure. 
That is lightweight, utter liar Javier Barcera of the Health and Human Services uh, saying that if the SCOTUS doesn't uphold Joe Biden's OSHA mandate, everybody has to get the jab, that people will die. Okay. All right. That's fine. I forgot he was in the gig. What a lightweight he is. Anyway, uh, what do we have coming up, Jack? I know it's a blockbuster. It's just fantastic. (laughs) All, All sorts of good stuff. Is it? I do right. want to talk about how uh, the, uh, the 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 coverage of COVID continues to make me insane. Like I just yes. I cannot understand what people are talking about. Well, finally, a sane person, a nonpartisan, a smart guy, and reasonable Brett Baer sat down with Rochelle Walensky of the CDC and had a number of questions for her about. Uh, first of all, the crazy ass Sonia Sotomayor quote, clip fifty, Michael, real quick. We have over 100,000 children, which we've never had before, in, in serious condition, and uh, many on ventilators. You there might appear think we're to be 3,500 a... uh, kids total in the hospital with COVID. So she exaggerated by... Well, she talked about in serious condition, many on ventilators, so it was an astounding exaggeration. Um, you might think we're making a big deal out of that. Can you imagine how it would be handled... If uh, Kavanaugh, one of the conservative justices, had thrown out a figure that wrong about COVID, can you imagine? Right. Well, uh, as I mentioned earlier, Brett uh, Barron, Rochelle Walensky discussed that question first in 57. Now, what we can find from Friday suggests there are fewer than 3,500 current pediatric hospitalizations from COVID-19. Is that true? Yeah, but, you know, here's what I can tell you about our pediatric hospitalizations now. First of all, the vast majority of children who are in the hospital are unvaccinated. And for those children who are not eligible for vaccination, we do know that they are most likely to get sick with COVID if their family members aren't vaccinated. So the most important thing we can do for those children to keep them out of the hospital is to vaccinate them and to vaccinate their family members around them. Understood. But the number is not 100,000. It's roughly 3,500. In hospitals now. Yes, there are. are, And in fact, what I will say is while pediatric hospitalizations are rising, they're still about 15 fold less than hospitalizations of our older age age demographic. Nice pivot from the very question to something else about kids getting vaccinated. But you do agree that she said 100,000, the the real number is 3,500. Yeah, but the thing is. Okay. Well, she's not going to call out a justice from her side politically. But a number of them on ventilators. Clip 58. Do you have a number of children on ventilators? Um, I do not have that off the top of my head. But what I can say is for I I don't believe there are um, any in many of these hospitals who are vaccinated. So really, the highest risk of being uh, on a ventilator if you're a child is if you're unvaccinated. You can cut that. And then... Uh, let's see, uh, clip number 60. But I'm talking from your data, ages 15 to 24, for example, the risk of death is at 0.001%. Um, I, I guess that what I'm getting at in this opening is that the, the Supreme Court is in the process of dealing with this big issue about mandates. And do you feel a responsibility as a CDC director to correct a very big mischaracterization by one of the Supreme Court justices? Yeah, I, um, here's what I'll tell you. I'll tell you that right now, 17, you're, if you're unvaccinated, you're 17 times more likely to be in the hospital and 20 times more likely to die than if you're on, than if you're boosted. And so what my responsibility 
responsibility is, is to provide guidance and recommendations to protect the American people. Those recommendations okay, strongly goes on about and you can cut it about that is, getting vaccinated. That is not the way she would have handled it if, for instance, Kavanaugh or Clarence Thomas said, look, 80,000 people have died from this disease since it started. That's all. Uh, you know, some radically made up wrong number. She'd have been talking all day long about the misinformation of the right and how it's killing people and crazy Trump voters. Well, and it just becomes obvious that furnishing us with the complete truth is inconvenient to the effectiveness of their narrative. So it's not not only is it not a priority, they're suppressing certain aspects of it. He asked her directly, your own numbers say the danger to a, a healthy young person is 0.001%. Um, isn't that true? Well, all I know is... Meanwhile, Georgetown University, allegedly a, a citadel of, of higher learning and, and science, is imprisoning healthy young people if they have the sniffles. They're, they're acting like it's the year 1200 and they suspect the kids of having a demon. It's just utterly unscientific <laughs> and irrational. And, and they refuse to address something that egregious and stupid because it tends to undermine their narrative. It's just, it's just crazy. Speaking of health, we're about to have a lot of people walking around with pig hearts in them. Huh? <laughs> How are you going to feel about bacon the next time you're eating it if the guy you're sitting next to has got a pig heart? Huh? <laughs> or a nice firm ham, you know, instead of your regular human hind end. Uh, but that medical breakthrough and other things on the way. Stay with us, won't you? I'm take- more interested in cannibalism than I used to be. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So many teachers are testing positive. There's also a shortage of substitute teachers. So in Ohio, to become a substitute now, a degree is no longer required. That is shocking. Substitute teachers had degrees? I thought subs were just your regular teacher's ex-boyfriend. Okay, kids. I'm taking over for Miss Jennings today. Pop quiz. First question. Does she ever talk about me? (laughs) Um... One school official summarized the new offer saying, come sub for us, make $125 a day, and get to be with students. <laughs> get to be with students, not the incentive they imagine, nor an entirely accurate description of the job, but still better than the original ad. Can you press play on a VHS of Braveheart? You're hired. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure it's a big deal if you don't have a degree to be a substitute teacher. It depends on what you're teaching. Sure. I know plenty of people with degrees. I'd rather, I know plenty of people without degrees. I'd rather have teaching my kids a variety of things than people that I know with degrees. Not mostly that, but in some cases. Well, yeah, yeah. And and let's face it. I mean, if you can more or less come to terms with the curriculum you're being forced to teach by your state, then you can teach it. It helps if you know a little more than that and can maybe fill in the blanks for the curious students, but it's not really required. A medical first, Joe. Doctors transplanted a pig heart against the pig's will, I'm guessing. Pig signed the form. Should have read it. Doctors transplanted a pig heart Put your hoof here. into a patient in a last-ditch effort to save his life, and he's doing well three days later. Nothing else was working, so they gave him a pig. How about a pig? We got any pig hearts around? 
Jam a pig harp in him. See if that helps. Nothing else is working. <laughs> See if it beats. Jeez. <laughs> well, now, it was, wasn't was it like a, a he heart was, developed specifically for the purpose as opposed to just murdering a pig and yanking its dicker well, it was out a, of its poor piggy chest? The... Well, I don't know if the pig was in a car wreck or committed suicide. I don't know where. I don't know what happened to. It was a total eclipse of the pig heart. But uh, this guy uh, was not eligible for a human heart transplant for a variety of reasons and had no other option. It was either die or do the transplant. So they took a shot in the dark and jammed a pig heart in him. Poor pig that had a house of straw and perished in an unfortunate <laughs> wolf-related accident. <laughs> Luckily, his uh, organs went to to save others. His more forward-thinking brother has been quoted as saying, I'm just glad that he lives on in our memory. (laughs) He'll be missed. Uh, Yeah, I guess it was a genetically modified pig heart. It was not a regular pig heart. It's a, they're they're working on getting and and you know as long as we're eating their bacon and taking their hams we might as well have their ticker as well they genetic genetically modify these hogs and so we can use their organs. So I'm guessing making it bigger for one thing, right? Or no, I guess it wouldn't need to be bigger because it's a bigger beast than I am. If if my heart can pump blood around my 185 pound body, a 500 pound pig certainly has got a heart oh, that do the trick. In fact, it might be too much. Got blood squirting on my ears. Hey, take it down a notch. <laughs> it'd be it'd be a huge upgrade. Listen to this. This is sober. Yeah, it's like you a know turbo. how I hate to be sober. It's like a turbo heart getting a pig heart. Yeah, I could probably run around this building at uh, the speed of sound. Right. It's like you got a dinghy with a giant five hundred horsepower, yeah. you know, mercury engine on the back of it. Um, listen to this. This is sobering, friends. Some thirty eight hundred Americans. Oh, sorry. Uh, received human donor hearts last year's replacements. Um, uh, that, uh, about a dozen people on the lists waiting for organs die every day. How many? A dozen a day waiting for Ooh, you know boy. hearts or, or, or kidneys or or whatever. Yes, yeah, we, we you'd think we could do better than that. So this guy said he had no choice, he and he agreed to it because he was going to die otherwise. Imagine the being put under thinking. I'm either not going to wake up, or I'm going to wake up. I don't think that happens. And what? I don't think people squeal if they've been given a pig heart. And I'm going to have an. I'll be alive and have just an untouchable desire to roll around in water to cool myself off. Again, I have not examined the patient myself, but I'm not aware of that tendency at all. <laughs> uh, wow. Wow. We can't give you a human heart. You don't qualify. But maybe we can use one from an animal, a pig. It's never been done before, but we think it'll work. Last year, there were 3,800 heart transplants in the United States, a record number. You know what's really funny? Getting a new heart is a big deal. I mean, that's outside of getting a new brain, that's about as big a deal as you can get. Oh, yeah, yeah. So the doctor was actually explaining to this guy that we're going to use one from an animal, a pig. It's never been done before. And the doctor says, I wasn't sure he was understanding me. Then he said, well, doc, will I oink? (laughs) He actually said that. Yes, he did. And that's when the doctor knew that he understood and and could knowingly give his... uh, and what was the doctor's answer? Maybe. Xenotransplantation, Jack. The process of grafting or transplanting organs or tissues from animals to humans has a long history. Uh, goes back hundreds of years, actually. In the 60s, chimp kidneys 
were transplanted into some human patients, but the longest recipient lived was nine months. Of course, if you're about to die anyway, you might take it. In 1983, a baboon heart, I remember this, yeah. was transplanted into an infant. Baby Faye, they called yep. her. She died 20 days later. Chimp um, kidneys. Yeah. Pig skin has been used not only for footballs, but as temporary grafts for burn patients. Okay. The humble uh, pig. And pig. look at, and look the way we treat it. We raise them, fatten them up, slaughter them to eat. Yeah, well. Here they are providing organs to we as a species. Pig heart valves routinely transplanted into humans. Uh, patients with diabetes have received porcine pancreas cells. If you ever want to say, if you ever want to come off as fancy and you're discussing uh, uh, pigish matters, use the term porcine. Okay. Uh, so I guess that's that's about it for now. Uh, I, that's crazy. That's funny. I I I uh, I'm afraid of very few medical things. Just I've always thought, you know, once when I'm asleep, you can do whatever you want. Uh, that's what I felt about my gallbladder or anything else. But man, getting a new heart—that just seems so. Oof, man, taking out my heart, putting in a different one. Yeah, that's a big yeah. deal. Well, even a human heart—I mean, that yeah. would—you would have to have a fair amount of counseling and prayer and, and meditation and whatever else to to deal with it. But if it was, you know, a porcine heart, if you will, you really with like a bunch of the, genetic uh, modifications. You're really liking the fancy pig word. I am. Great deal. I am kind of poor sign for the word. Um. So yeah, so that's a cool story. Uh, I had another story I wanted to bring that kind of fit in with that. What story possibly could fit in with a guy who got a pig heart put in him? Is there know. much more to all the uh, the gorillas with the Chairman Xi's bat fever? No, but there's a whole bunch of them at the Atlanta Zoo. We did get this text I wanted to bring along around COVID and health. My 80-year-old father, says this texter, was asked to come in for a colonoscopy because he'd had colon cancer. He was due. And an appointment with a cardiologist because he'd had a stroke five months ago. Wow. So he had two very important doctor's appointments he needed. But to go to the doctor, you got to get a COVID test first. He tested positive, so they canceled both appointments. Hmm. Because he's got the sniffles, probably. He can't get his two very, very serious life-saving possibly life-saving appointments that he needs yeah i don't i don't i don't know if we have our priorities right here i would like to nominate and 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 employ a panel of sages smart people people use the word porcine routinely just to explain the craze that the COVID has caused the superstition, the tribalism, the rest of it. It's going to be a lengthy book, but, man, I'll read it cover to cover twice. I hope I live long enough to see how it's looked back on many years from now. Yeah, I don't know. Having lived through it. A lot of history is dishonestly written. Yep, absolutely. In fact, so much of it, I often wonder if there's any point in history whatsoever, because so much of it is wrong. I hear some of you saying, Joe, why don't you be that man? Why don't you write it? Because I am a man who craves leisure. <laughs> So, I don't know if anybody craves this, but Rand Paul and Dr. Fauci went at it again. Do you think they look forward to it? Has it become a thing now where they kind of look forward to it? They I know, think in a way they do, yeah. They know they're both going to be on the news, the cable news, all day long. They both think they acquit themselves well for their I side. represent science. I know you oh, do. Oh, oh. What an honor that must be. I represent curly-headed people who leave their lawn clippings next to their neighbor's home. 
Fauci represents people who take a tiny bit of science, twist it, and try to, you know, mislead people into following his orders. Hail Fauci, I say. What do I got to tip you? Hail Fauci! There it is. Hail Fauci! So, apparently they got into it again, and we'll play that for you coming up. Oh, goody. (laughs) Armstrong and Getty. Gail King was on Stephen Colbert last night and said she'd rather run through Times Square naked than go back home because of COVID. She's tired of being tired and afraid. I don't I don't want to see you run around naked, but I, I see your point. I don't have any need for it. Rather than go home? Oh, I see. Like, not go to work and do her job and live yeah. her life. Yeah, okay, yeah. I see. Okay. Go back into hiding over COVID. The, the tide is clearly turned on this, which kind of gets back to uh, Joe Biden and the calling for the filibuster to end today and everything like that. Maybe I'll talk about that next hour. Uh, my favorite political pundits say it's pretty clear that Joe Biden has decided that uh, his best bet is to please the Twitter left. Because Joe Manchin is out already today saying, I'm not a vote for ending the filibuster, which means it ain't going to happen. Not now or ever. It's not going to happen. Joe Biden knows it's not going to happen. So why is he going to give an impassioned speech about it today? Because he's trying to please the Twitter left. He feels like he needs the Twitter left. It's weird. I think he could be a 50% plus president if he'd appeal to mainstream Democrats and a chunk of Republicans and get away from the Twitter left. I think he could be above 50%, but he's chosen not to do that for some reason. I don't reason. think he has the energy or intellect to take on his left flank. Well, I've had a care. Different topic. Mm-hmm. Um, I started with uh, Gail King naked running through Times Square about COVID, and COVID continues to be a thing. And uh, Rand Paul and Dr. Fauci have been battling anytime Fauci comes to the Senate now for two years. <laughs> right. And so we'll start with this and go from there. Do you think it's a great success what's happened what? so far? Do you think you, the lockdowns are good for our kids? Do you think we slowed down the death rate? More people have died now under President Biden than did under President Trump. You are the one responsible. You are the architect. You are the lead architect for the response from the government. And now 800,000 people have died. Do you think it's a uh, winning success what you've advocated for government? Um, Senator, first of all, if you look at everything that I said, you accuse me of in a monolithic way telling people what they need to do. Everything that I've said has been in support of the CDC guidelines. Wear a mask. Get boosted. And you've advocated to make it coarser. Take, and take done a look at course, everything and you've advocated that I've said. It be done by mandate. Right. You've yeah. advocated that your infallible opinion be dictated by law. Right. So, again, Madam Chair, I would like just a couple of minutes because right. this, th- this happens all the time. You personally attack me, and with absolutely not a shred of evidence of anything you say. So I would like to make something clear to the committee. He's doing this for political reasons. What you need to do is, he said in front of this committee... You think your takedown of three prominent epidemiologists was not political? You you don't want me to finish, but you know what I'm going to say. That was the question. Were you political in taking down these three prominent epidemiologists? Senator Paul, if you would please... Oh, boy. But, but 
I get Rand Paul's question, though, I think. Are there any government officials that are willing to say, you know, this has really been a disaster? Does everybody feel like, no, this is best case scenario. We handled it in such a way that this is best case scenario. I don't think so. We got 800,000 people dead. We got more kids killing themselves than's ever happened in the history of youth in the world. Just saw the headline that Washington State has had far more deaths of despair than COVID deaths because of, and you know, I tweeted at Brett Baer last night, and I feel this from a ticker. I tweeted. Uh, you have a asked, human ticker, not a pig ticker. For now. I don't know. The, the pig parts are, I'm warming to the idea. Uh, anyway, I tweeted, uh, I asked Brett Bear with respect, please, instead of saying children have been damaged by the pandemic, say by the government policies during enacted during the pandemic. There's an enormous difference. And just to illustrate it, if Michigan, for instance, began executing anyone who refused the vaccine, you wouldn't say they died from the pandemic. You'd say they died because of the policy. And that's an intentionally extreme example. But the policy of closing the schools is what has damaged the children, not the existence of COVID-19. And I wish we could discuss that a little more honestly. I mentioned last week, uh, economist Scott Lincecum, who I read fairly often, he is a Cato guy and a libertarian, and he was for all the government intervention in the beginning. He thought this is an extreme example where the government needs to get involved, blah, 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 blah. And he now says he was wrong, that it would have been messy and, you know, it wouldn't have been perfect. We would have had people die. We'd had all kinds of messes and some things would have had to shut down just because of people dying or people couldn't come to work. But in the long run, it would have been better. It would have been better to just let it play out the way it was going to play out rather than try to, you know, push it this way, nudge it that way, because that just does not seem to have worked. Right. Yeah, agreed. And just, uh, you know, I wanted to enjoy that clip that we just played, but it just the two of them yelling and talking over each other and nobody finishes their point. I wish they would just like Rand Paul goes for 60 seconds. Fauci responds for 60 seconds. Then Rand Paul and they go back and forth a minute each for like seven or eight minutes each. Make it a debate back and forth. That would give the people something to to think about, to contemplate, figure out, wow, I actually think Fauci won that round or whatever. Instead, what that, what we just heard yielded nothing. It did no one any good. I think they should MMA fight and maybe give the money to charity. It's I, a different idea. I don't know if that's fair. Fauci's a lot older and smaller, I think, than Rand Paul. He is not a big man. No, no. Although we all know Rand Paul's weakness. You wait till he's mowing the lawn when he's got his back turned. You can bring him down. We've seen it. You, you, you know the playbook. But like the Georgia Bulldogs at halftime last night, he's made adjustments. He's understood. That's where his defense is vulnerable. So, so he's think, adjusted. So you think when he mows his lawn now, his head's on a swivel? Well, he's yeah. Ready. He's got, his knees are bent, feet at shoulder width, and his head's on a swivel when he's mowing the lawn. Nobody going to sneak up on me now. <laughs> he's got the I'm a, a road bike guy helmet on with the <laughs> rear view mirror. Right. He's a smart guy. Uh, Fauci had another story that I had not heard. It, it, it makes a difference because, as some of you may know, just about three or four weeks ago on December 21st, a person was arrested who was on their way from Sacramento to Washington, D.C. at a speed stop in Iowa. And they asked, the police asked him where he was going, and he was going to Washington, D.C. to kill Dr. Fauci. And they found in his car an AR-15 and multiple magazines of ammunition because he thinks that maybe I'm killing people. 
anybody who would say to the cops, well, I'm on my way to D.C. to assassinate Dr. Fauci, is probably not a good example of anything. No, I, I mean, I understand his point, and I think that's terrible. Uh, I don't yeah. want the old man shot. Yeah, and I'm and he was a an official nobody would ever heard of his whole life, and then all of a sudden when you find out there are people out there driving across country to kill you, it's got to be pretty shocking. But I, I, you think if Rand Paul hadn't brought up some, the fact that some of your policies are not good, nobody else would have? Or, or that some of your policies are killing people. Now, maybe you think it's a net win for all the suicides across the country uh, from kids that have been out of school. I don't. Right. Maybe you do. But there are people that are being killed because of your policy. And as Rand Paul pointed out, there are more people have died under Biden than died under Trump. So so what? So And, and certainly people are dying because of your policy of uh, subsidizing gain-of-function research at a sloppy-ass Ooh. lab in Wuhan. Oh, and the dogs with and their then, eyes. And then lying about it. And the dogs with the eyes. Look, Google that story. Fauci oh, and the dogs Lord. with the eyes. Oh, so sickening. Uh, one more thing from Fauci. Let's hear him. So I ask myself, wh- why would Senator want to do this? So go to Rand Paul website and you see fire Dr. Fauci with a little box that says, contribute here. You can do $5, $10, $20, $100, So you are making a catastrophic epidemic for your political gain. So the you only have thing politically that, the only attacked thing that your can, colleagues uh, and in a politically reprehensible the way attacked their reputations. Okay, he won't you, defend it. No, he won't no, argue it. I'm sure. just Here's the thing. Did Fauci score points or does Rand Paul raise $2 million off of that today? <laughs> yeah, thanks, thanks for plugging my site, Fauci. Our site is armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty.